the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whatever that giant is that you're facing, you need to remember that the God who freed the Israelites is still alive today. The God who parted the Red Sea is still alive today. The God that brought down the walls of Jericho is still alive today. The God who rescued Jonah from the belly of a fish is still alive today. And the God who rolled back the stone is still alive today. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Well, last week, we looked at the first half of the book of 1 Samuel. We're preaching through the Bible in a chronological order. The central character is a guy named Samuel, who was a prophet. He was the last judge of Israel. This is that period where Israel moves from being led by judges to the period where it's led by kings. And then we looked at the Ark of the Covenant uh, was stolen by the Philistines. Remember that? We had the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God, and they took it into the temple of Dagon. I brought out a, a statue of Dagon. Remember that last week? And Dagon kept falling. They'd get up the next morning. He was laying down on his face, and the people got tumors and all. We looked at all, and the five gold rats. We looked at all that last week, all right? And so the third thing that happened last week was that Israel asked for a human king. And this is the sad part because they substituted God as their true king. They took God off the throne and they wanted to put an earthly king in his place. Very, very sad. And then we finished last week with King Saul. Everyone say King Saul. He becomes the first king of Israel. And that ends as a failed experiment because even though he looked like a king, he looked the part inside, he was disobedient and prideful and did not honor and trust God. And so I want to give you the four major points of the second half, but before I do that, I want to see your Bibles. Oh yeah, I got to see your Bibles. Turn to 1 Samuel 16. The Lord said to Samuel, that's the, the prophet. How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be the next king of Israel. Skip down to verse 7. The Lord said to Samuel, 
Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Skip down to verse 10, if you will. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen any of these. So he asked Jesse, Are are these all the sons you have? Maybe I'm mistaken. And Jesse said, Well, they're still the youngest, but he's out tending the sheep. He's just a little shepherd boy. And Samuel said, Send for him. We're not going to sit down until he gets here. So verse 12, He sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy. He was fine appearance. Had handsome features. And the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in what? In power. May God bless the reading of the words. You may be seated. Now, the four major points I want to touch on them just briefly. First of all, the shepherd boy is anointed. And that's in the 16th chapter. Then the second thing that happens, write this down, David slays Goliath. That's chapter 17. And we're going to spend the majority of our time looking at that story. But the third thing that happens after David slays Goliath, and it's really the rest of the book, beginning with the 18th chapter, is the jealousy of Saul. Saul gets real jealous of David. That goes from chapter 18 all the way to chapter 18. 30. So after David, point two, defeats Goliath, you may or may not understand this, but the Jewish women go crazy over David. And so Saul, instead of doing what he should have been doing, which was leading Israel, he instead spends the rest of the book, he's so jealous, he tries to kill David literally tried to take his life it ends tragically Saul goes into battle again with the Philistines but this time Samuel's gone remember Samuel was the main guy in the first half of the book second half he's gone the preacher's gone the prophet's gone and so it's just Saul he's getting ready to go to battle and instead of having uh, Samuel to go to instead he goes to the witch of Endor and consults with a witch before he goes into battle. Now, how many of you know that's going to turn out bad? Oh, it turned out bad because uh, the Israelites got routed that day and all of Saul's sons were killed. And then Saul commits suicide. He falls on his sword. And that's the fourth point. That's how the book ends. After he died, the Philistines took Saul and they cut his head off. And the Bible says, this is the next to last verse in in 1 Samuel, they hang his body on a wall, his headless body with all of his dead sons in a city called Bet-Shan. But I want to go back to chapter 17, if you have your Bibles, and I want to talk to you about this story where David slays Goliath. One of the greatest battles of all time. It pitted Goliath the giant, the favorite, the nation's choice, the heavyweight champion of the world (laughs) versus young David, a teenager, 
an underdog, a young lad, the next king of Israel, who against unsurmountable odds, he rises up, this teenage boy, and defeats the giant from Gath. And as we study through this contest, you and I are going to learn some things on how to slay a giant. Oh, I know that might sound uncivilized, but we each have giants in our lives. We all have battles that we're facing. We each have enemies to defeat, obstacles to overcome. Many of us are involved with stumbling blocks or setbacks or personal problems or health issues or financial issues. Let me ask you a question. How many of you right now, as we talk about trying to defeat giants, how many of you right now, you are facing a giant of some size, of some degree, of some sort? You've got some problem that you're dealing with right now in your life. Raise your hand if that's you right now. Look around. Most of us here. So I want to talk to you about how to defeat that giant. Point number one, write this down. The first thing, it's not a small thing. You have to recognize exactly what is the problem. What is the problem? You've got to recognize what is that problem. The Bible says, I want to go through the text, 1 Samuel 17, verse 3, that the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites occupied another hill with a valley in between them. So you can picture this valley with two hills. One hill is the, the Philistine army or the Philistines. The other are the Israelites, the, the children of God. The valley in between, verse 4, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, comes out of the Philistine camp, and the Bible says that the giant is over, he's over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He wore a coat of armor of bronze that weighed 5,000 shekels, which is 125 pounds. His spear was like a weaver's rod, and the end, the iron point on the end, weighed 600 shekels, which was about 15 pounds. Look down at verse 8. And Goliath stood, and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you guys keep lining up for battle? Why can't we get this thing on? He's saying, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man, just one man, and have him come down to me here in this valley. And if he's able to fight and to kill me, we will become your subjects. And I'm sure he was winking when he said that. And then he said, but if I overcome him with a big grin on his face, and I kill him, then you will become our subjects, and you will serve us. And so he wanted to have a one-on-one mono e mano man not man to man man to giant battle and uh, whoever won would would win the battle altogether now we learn from verse 11 if you look down at verse 11 that all say the word all all the israelites were dismayed and the bible says that they were fearful which means that they were trembling in their boots and it just so happened on that day that david who is a teenager he's not old enough to fight uh, Israel had a fighting age, and David was not at that fighting age, but he happened to be there that day because his father Jesse sent him to the battle to check up on his brothers because they were of age, and they were in the battle that day. And when David hears, just the young shepherd, when he hears Goliath's dare, look down at verse 26. This is what I'm talking about, recognize the problem. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills 
this Philistine and remove this, who removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Notice he did not see the size of the giant. He sized up the giant. He analyzed the giant. And he said, this man is a disgrace. And that's the first point. You've got to really analyze what the situation is. About 95% of the time, the things that plague us, the things that you think are giants, if you really sit down and look at what the problem is, it's not an immovable object. If you study it, if you analyze it, you'll realize it's not even, it's not even a giant at all. What you think is a giant is not even a giant. Because whenever you understand the size and the scope of a living God, your giant immediately shrinks. Immediately it shrinks. And David knew that. Number two, write this down. He had an attitude of faith. I want you to turn to who you were sitting next to and tell him you have to have an attitude of faith. Say that. You got, a, you got an attitude of faith. Now look at verse 32. Now watch this. David, now he's the little kid. And he's talking to the big, tall King Saul. And the little boy says, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. He goes, Your servant. He's talking about him. Little, the little boy says to King Saul, uh, I'll, I'll go fight that big blabbermouth. Verse 33, Saul says, I can just hear his mind. He's probably going, Aren't you the little boy that plays the harp? Is that, isn't that what you do? And, and Saul said, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a little, you're just a little kid. Now look at him. He's a man. He's over nine feet tall. He's been fighting since the day he was born. Verse 36, David doesn't, he doesn't miss a beat. You see his faith. You could just see his faith. David says, your servant has killed both the lion and I've killed a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, guess what? He's going to be just like one of them because, he says it again, because he has defied the armies of the living God. And here it is, verse 37. Look at his faith. Look how sure he is. He says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the God who delivered me from the paw of the bear is going to be the same guy who will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He's a man of faith. You see, his recollection of his past victories enabled him to have the basis for his future victories. And I just think that we as Christians, as we look back and we see all the times that God has delivered us. And we look back and we see all the times that God showed up. And we look back at all the times that God answered our prayers. And we look back and we see all the times that God gave us victory over our trials. That whatever trials in front of us, we ought to just be able to walk in and say, this is nothing. You ought to see what God did there. I'm going to handle this with no problem whatsoever. You've got to have faith that you can overcome that addiction. You gotta believe, you can't say, well, I don't know if I can overcome this addiction. I've been listen. You gotta believe that you can overcome that, that addiction. You gotta believe that you can overcome that temptation. You gotta believe that you can become a godly man. You gotta believe that you can become a godly woman. As you look back and you see all that God has done, 
you know moving forward that God can and will give you victory. And the thing about faith, listen to this, it's not faith, it's not faith in yourself, it's faith in God that matters. Faith, faith in a living God. Number three, write this down. I gotta go through this quick. You gotta utilize your weapons. It says that Saul dressed David in his own tunic, and then he put a coat of armor on him. He put a bronze helmet on his head, and if I put my hat on his head, it'd probably go right over his eyes. Verse 39, David fastened a sword over his tunic. And the Bible says he tried, he didn't go fight. He was just seeing if he could walk. And that's what it says. He tried walking because he was not used to them. And I think in a very respectful way, very respectful. David said to King Saul, he said, sir, I, I cannot go like this because I'm, I'm not used to them. David, this is what the young boy did. He took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones and he put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag with his sling in his hand and he approached the Philistine. His weapons were those five Stones. Now, we have other weapons that aren't physical. Really, they're spiritual. I want you to write these down quickly. Got to write fast. First is prayer. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Prayer is a weapon to help you defeat anything you're going through right now. Then you've got the Word of God, Hebrews 4.12. The Bible says it's sharper than a double-edged sword. You can uh, defeat most giants with a single-edged sword. This is a double-edged sword. Number three is faith. Jesus said in Matthew 17, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, move, and it will move. So you can call it mountain-moving faith, or you can call it giant-killing faith. It's up to you. It's faith. Number four is the Holy Spirit that enables us to do whatever it is uh, that many people seem to think is impossible. And I just want to ask you, when was the last time you were faced with a problem that you got down on your knees and you literally stayed there for one whole hour, not two minutes, not three minutes, not 30 seconds while you're driving, not when you came to church and sitting down in a chair. When was the last time you're struggling that you got down on your knees and you stayed on your knees until God gave you an answer to that problem? And the Word of God is powerful. Some of you are struggling right now simply because you don't even know the Word of God. And, and faith can move any mountain. I like to look at these uh, in these four ways. Here's how I put it. The dynamite of prayer, the power of the word, the bulldozer of faith, and the fire of the Holy Spirit can help you defeat any giant that you're facing. Number four, quickly, remember whose fight this is. Remember whose fight this is. Oh, this is the best part. Go to, go to verse 41. I want to read this to you quickly, quickly, quickly. Meanwhile... That big giant with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He was so tall he had to have some guy carry his own shield for him. He looked David over, verse 42. He saw that he was only a boy, and he despised him. Verse 43. He says, am I a dog that you would come at me with these sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And then he said, verse 44, come here. And he said, I'm going to give your flesh to the birds. Now notice what David says to the Philistine in verse 45. He turns to that Philistine. He says, these are some of the most powerful words in the whole Bible. 
You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. And oh, I love this part. This day, this day, the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'm going to strike you down, and I'm going to cut your head off. And today, I'm going to give the carcasses not just of you, but of the entire Philistine army. The whole army is going to be nothing but bird seed before this day is over. And then the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And then, oh, look here. For he says, and all those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands this day. I want to show you one verse, one last verse, verse 37 again. We read it. One more thing you might have skipped. When David's recalling his past victories in faith, knowing that God is going to deliver him from the hand of this giant, he said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, will deliver me. Remember that? At the end of that, look what Saul says back to David. Saul says, go, may the Lord be with you. What? That's a Christian cliche. He didn't mean that. Go, and may the Lord be with you. Don't you see if he believed that, that he himself would have gone and fought that giant. But he wasn't a man of faith like David was a man of faith. Whatever that giant is that you're facing, you need to remember that the God who freed the Israelites is still alive today. The God who parted the Red Sea is still alive today. The God that brought down the walls of Jericho is still alive today. The God who rescued Daniel from the lion's den is still alive today. The God who cleansed Naaman the leper is still alive today. And the God who rescued Jonah from the belly of a fish is still alive today. And the God who rolled back the stone is still alive today. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. 
Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m. and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.